only thing better than watching TV is taking it personally. And just like that, a new episode of Taking It Personally is here. I feel like this is going to be a possibly chaotic journey as well it should. Honestly, as well it should. You guys, I mean, listen, you know her, you love her, content manager of Betch's Brides and The Bachelor, podcaster behind the shows Hot Off the Mess, Crown Jewels and Shortcomings, and creator of the iconic Bravo Historian. Welcome to your first time on Taking It Personally, frequent guest on Andy's Girls, Samantha Bush. Sam, how are we? I'm doing so good. You know, like I can't spend more than three minutes outside due to the air quality. Um, So that does explain why I watched the new episode of Just Like That multiple (laughs) times today. Um, But things are really good. I feel right at home on this episode. Um, Also, just the show title, like it's screaming me, you know, Mm -hmm. taking it personally, being constantly. I I am Shannon Bedore at the end of the day, and I'm happy to be here. I'm with an intro like that. You, as you know, as a fellow Shan Stan, a spiritual Shan is my spiritual housewife. No better starting point for an episode that that might be honestly slightly confusing for me because I don't know how I feel. You've just you watched the third episode of In Just Like That second season multiple times today. I literally just finished it minutes ago. Wow. Near because I said let's prepare ourselves to really talk about the second season. So I rewatched episodes one and two, which I'd only seen once, which for me is shocking. Because you're a rewatcher. I'm a total rewatcher. So yeah. maybe that tells you a little bit about like how I've been vibing. But before we get into the newest episode and all things and just like that, I'm mm-hmm. curious about your journey with Sex in the City. You host a Sex in the City podcast, Shortcomings. Yeah. You obviously feel a connection to the show. When did that begin? So it started when I was so little, you know, um, because I'm so young. So young. So So it started when I was, you know, an infant. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because I specifically remember my dad and my aunt talking about sex in the city. Like we would go over there like once a week to their house to like hang out and they would like sit around the table and rip cigs and talk about sex in the city. And then like every Sunday, like I would go to bed and I would hear the music. Like it, like when sex in the city came on, like it was time for me to go to sleep. So I remember like going to bed. I remember like distinct. So HBO was just like really part of like my childhood and like it's really like mm-hmm. embedded in like my being. Like I remember going to bed to like the sounds of Band of Brothers, like the explosions and like shit popping off six feet under sex in the city. <laughs> like the walls apparently were very thin in my house mm. in my where I grew up. Um, So that was like my first like I heard them talk about it a lot. And then I started watching it when it was first on like reruns on E, like after like in high school and middle school. And then I was like, oh, okay. And you remember like TV, I mean, 
this sounds so stupid, but TV was so different then. Like, like it was, there was TiVo, but there was also like DVR, but like you had to like pay for on demand. It was like this whole confusing thing. And so I started watching it um, just religiously and then I just never stopped watching it. And how was your, first off, the fact that um, smoke inhalation and air quality has been just a through line of your sex in the city experience is totally God bless how much of and just like that to you feels connect directly connected to your relationship with sex in the city versus an experience you're watching in and of itself it's weird like sometimes I feel like oh we're this is really connected to the old show like they're really hearkening back to the those days but then on the other hand it's like they really can't Mm. do that so much because so much as time has so much time has passed the women are in totally different places than when we left them they're older like it the world is just different and it's so it's like I kind of get how they couldn't just come back with like a sex in the city because that's like impossible Mm. but yeah I'm loving it. I know we'll get to it, but. Ugh. Well, I mean, let's get to it now. I, I okay. you know. Who do you the- identify with? Okay. So I was thinking about this earlier today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always called myself a Charlotte, like during the first season, because I was a little, um, I wasn't like maybe as connected with reality per se as maybe some of the other characters but I think I was actually more of a Miranda possibly like a Miranda Moon maybe like a Charlotte Sun (laughs) and maybe a Carrie Rising I don't know what about you I see that do you so I am like a self-proclaimed Dizzy Carrie like I know she's insufferable. Like, I know that she has these moments, like, where she's truly, like, a horrific friend and, like, human being. But, like, I can't help it. Sometimes she just does things, and I'm like, I've literally done that. I've literally said that. Um, But I am kind of on this Charlotte York journey right now, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I am converting, like, soon-ish TBD on the date. But... uh, To Judaism? Yeah. You don't know this? I yeah. don't know that I did. You know, I am a fellow Hebrew. I mean. I know. That's why I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, I do feel like some connected spirituality with her right Wait now. Wait a second. We're going to pause on that for a So are <sighs> you studying right now? No. So I, my boyfriend is Jewish and, you know, like I've been doing Shabbat with his family for like a year. Okay. Like they do Shabbat dinner and like I've done Passover right. and like all this stuff. And, like, we're really kind of ramping up to, like, when I'm going to start my classes. So I don't know when that's happening or when I'm going to temple. Um, But, yeah, like, it's happening. I make challah bread. Like, yeah. (laughs) And did that happen was sort of the entry to that idea birthed through your relationship with your boyfriend and just kind of seeing the culture of Judaism? I got to tell you. Or is it related to? It's really weird what I'm about to tell you. Can't wait. So, okay. For almost like half of my life, I've felt this like connection to Judaism. And like mm-hmm. I've talked to my friends about it. I've talked to my parents about it. I was like, I don't know. Like I just feel this like something like a vibe, like a connection. And they were like, Sam, that's like so crazy. And I'm like, no, like I really do. And like I'm not baptized or anything. So like I didn't grow up religious at all. Like I have no like religious ties. And um, 
so then I like I met my boyfriend and he's Jewish and then like I just immediately like loved like the connectedness with his family like the traditions like I I love like what they stand for like his family specifically and like I just I'm like I'm like all in and like I made challah bread for the first time like three weeks his Bubby literally cried (laughs) teared up totally cried held me in her arms she was like she's like 89 years old like the most fabulous woman on Mm. earth and she like teared up and she was like this means so much to us and I was like of course like and then they were all joking like you should just bring that to temple and they'll like immediately like grant you like you're Jewish and I was like because it was was good not to flex but New York Times (laughs) recipe and is he is his family reform conservative What's reform okay yeah 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 so yeah so they're not like they don't do the whole like we're, we're jv kosher. <laughs> yeah like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this isn't like we're, <laughs> we're no a good time it's yeah like, like they're not the hardcore it's more of just like family togetherness like tradition yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's yeah. the vibe yeah 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 so it's been interesting watching sex in the city because right now on shortcomings we're taking a break because we're doing it just like that but we are in the arc of charlotte like going on this like jewish journey and chris my co-host is like god we're gonna have to hear about your personal experience a lot aren't we and i was like sure are sure are how well first off mazel tov you know that i'm sure that you've been prepped that the road to convert be prepared for the rabbi to maybe not be you know super coat that's the whole i don't even know if this i apologies to all the jews out there again as a reform person i'm probably 10 years behind but like or 10 years ahead depending on how you look at it i there's like a thing i think where the rabbi initially says no three times i don't know if that's so that's still... what they did on sex in the city did she they? like yeah like she went to the rabbi and he like turned her down and like she kept oh, going yeah. back and then finally she was like listen I am right. 36 years old and the man I love is Jewish. Please let me in. Because I remember at Sunday school or whatever it was, it was either Sunday school or Hebrew school, someone came to talk to us about their experience converting, who was a member of our temple, shout out Temple Bethel in Providence, Rhode Island, um, and talked about the fact that that quite literally happened to them, that they wow. had to. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not an expert. I guess we'll see. I'll have to update you. I would be so curious. I mean, have you talked? I'm. I, we have to focus on this for one more second. So, yeah. have you talked to Leah about this at all, McSweeney? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, but maybe I should. It's not the worst idea. I remember chatting with her about I don't even know what the fuck before the dreaded season thirteen aired, and she oh mentioned God. that she was converting which I was like oh my god mazel tov you know yeah. yada 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 and then yeah, yeah, yeah. the season ended up his being cousin a mess. Um, married someone um, last summer his cousin Seth married this man named Ryan and Ryan converted like full conversion like orthodox yeah, orthodox that's what a lot of people but like many Seth, people do Seth isn't orthodox but he was like we want you to do like yeah yeah so um so I have like him to look to as like a guide what the fuck am I doing I don't know but I've fully like gone all in Danny literally said to me he was like walking into the kitchen and seeing you take the challah bread out of the oven was like a core memory like it was like golden and like glowing and like because when he left me in the kitchen of course I was like braiding it and I was like really struggling I was like what the fuck am I doing like there's six fucking strands like I had no clue I was like googling diagrams and then so when he came back and he saw that it was like perfect and fluffy and golden like he was like so happy 
I mean, this is always the fascinating thing. I think a little bit about people who like study for their citizenship, how you have to like pass a test that has all these things listed. And the fact that like the everyday American could never answer any of that. Never. And I assume it's somewhat similar in converting that you are going to be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I did. Yeah, I did. And I'm going to be like, I have no idea what that means. They <laughs> like, like alluded to that. I'm really going to tell you. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Well, Kudos to you, Mazel Tov. That you. is very exciting and um, a, an exciting new chapter. But back to the chapter that we're fucking talking about. So Back to chapter three, the title of this episode. Right. Back to chapter three. So your connection to Charlotte now, you feel a bond through that character journey? Is there other... Yeah, I mean, I feel like I definitely feel connected to her in that way. But I, I really am like a Carrie at my in my core being and like you know what they she gets a bad rap but they're all kind of pieces of shit at the end of the day um they all have moments they all have flaws so it is what it is i'll take it and not like the fashionista part of carrie like i'm no, we're not talking about that we've all okay. seen my sherbert sweater like okay. we're <laughs> not talking about that i wear the nini leaks uniform every single day which is a white t-shirt and jeans <laughs> so like i don't have that carrie like part of me but like mm -hmm. it's like her personality which could be the, the worst part of her but that's okay okay I don't know that I, I don't know what this says about me but at this point on this day in my okay. life I okay. don't entirely understand why everyone thinks that Carrie is a piece of shit now is that odd of me I feel like no. maybe I just like haven't gotten enough sleep. your just brain is like just not as rotten and you're not as chronically online okay great because great, great, great. I just think it's one of those takes where it's like, okay, there's a few takes on the internet that I just think we need to shut the fuck up about. Great. One of them is Rev's cut a fit jack on the door. Shut up. It is so old. It's tired. We're done. Move on. Wait, the what other is one it? is like Rose could have fit Jack on the door. On the oh, Titanic. sorry, sorry, sorry. I was still thinking the sex You're city, still in sex and I was city. like, what, yeah, what, what, I know. Who's my, fucking, what the, okay, yeah, 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 no, no, no sorry 100%, about that. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm over it. Like yeah. that take is dead in a ditch. Got it. Much also, like James Jack. Cameron. Okay. He, yeah. James Cameron also like disputed it and did a like whole video about it. But anyway, yeah. Then there's Carrie as a bad friend. And, like, okay. everyone thinks that they're, like, rewriting, like, history. And, like, they're, like, coming up with this, like, amazing thought when they say Carrie is a bad friend. It's, like, like they're all horrible. Like, yeah, did Carrie bring Miranda bullshit bagels without cream cheese when Aiden went to pick her up off the floor and she was butt-ass naked when she hurt her neck? Yes. That wasn't great. But, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe people make mistakes. fucking with dairy. I mean, who's to say? She made lactose. Yeah, it's a problem. It's inflammatory. Maybe she was looking out for her friend. I mean, there's a little goop energy there. I'm looking at the bakery like a little sideways. They should have offered. They should be like, do you need any cream cheese? True. Upsell. My God. Mm -hmm. Hello. Yeah, like, retail. Oh, retail. And number three. Did we get to number three? I don't think I had a number three. Okay, great. Um, number three is just go fuck yourself. Yeah, there's just like, shut okay. up. It's like too much. <laughs> or, or like... What's well, like a, ho a thing housewife fans say? Like, that's like, okay, like, we got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's like a thing. Like, uh, like Bethany is like the best. Not. I know. It's just like such a stupid take. I don't yeah. even know. I don't <laughs> She's really ruining her legacy. I can't. Did you see the video of Bryn on the Today Show? I just yes. watched it. I did. Where mom was like doing a little Mama Rose energy of like, essentially as close as she could possibly be to just 
whispering the answers, which is sweet. I think any number of parents would do it, but it was giving me a little Mama Rose, a little Mama Rose. It was a lot. Bryn is like the exact like mini version of Jason. Jason. And like that must like kill Bethany. (laughs) And I Google him more than infrequently just to see if anything, if we've heard where he is. It's I know he's on dating apps. I believe. Yeah, I think I heard something that somebody like swiped for him or something, yeah, but that I was a while ago. Would you have? Yeah, no one's gonna like what I'm about to say. Are you a Are you a Jason Hoppy truther? I'm not a truther, but like I'm kind of like guys. Do we think Bethany was like the easiest person to be married to? Well, Probably not. I think there was. Do a- I believe that he put poop on the walls? Yes, that's tough. And locked Cookie in a cupboard cookie what yeah he locked no, he the didn't. dog in a, oh i 100 believe it cookie to boo boo cookie to boo boo cookie to boo boo cookie to boo boo in for hours like and cookie <sighs> was not a young pup at that point no, cookie was aged elder i know terrible things terrible anyway anyway from back one, to just like from that from one mm-hmm. toxic relationship to another yeah so mm-hmm. when and just like that was announced what was your feeling and expectation for what it was we had in store? I was terrified. I was terrified because I remember it was like we were just coming out of COVID. I think like still kind of like in COVID, like mm. still trying to figure out like, okay, like what's going on? And I was like nervous because I was like so much of the world is like so dark right now. And I'm like, are they going to like talk about COVID? Like, I don't want to see Carrie Bradshaw talk about COVID. Like, I just wanted to forget it ever happened. So I was anxious. I was nervous. Um, I was I was worried, but I was also very excited. Hmm. Like I felt a ton of things at one time. I was like, oh, my God, the girls, they're back. And then it was well, announced that Samantha wasn't coming right, back. Three quarters. <laughs> three, three quarters, quarters of, the girls. of the girls. And I'm sorry, like Kim needs to get over it. No. Yeah. Bad take. Bad take. <laughs> Is that that? I yeah, just like move on. Like she did. Just, she's no longer on the show. Pe- well, she she's, she's, she is. She's inching her way back. Are you? She's I just think it's crazy. Like, there's a million. There's a million people. Maybe not a million, but there's a lot of like co-stars that just don't get along, but they just like suffered for their art. And I just feel like Kim Cattrall should do that. She did. Us. She no. <laughs> she did the first series. She suffered. They treated her terribly, and then she did said, they? "I actually, I one hundred percent believe you think? that there a hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think that there were. It was probably a tough set, as most sets are. There was a lot of attention. There was a lot of respect. I think specifically to. I mean, all of their performances, but definitely to Kim's. And she maybe didn't feel the bond. Appreciated. Or, yeah, or appreciated. And then other things happened. She suffered through other tragedies after. She felt like she was continuing to be disrespected. And she said, take my fucking name out of your mouth and I'm not returning. And and I'm sure it wasn't necessarily just the members of the cast. I'm sure there was some like Michael Patrick King stuff there too. I don't think it was just between the actors themselves i think that well, there was Sarah. a trickle down effect what tell me well now well now what do i say <laughs> you know you're like listen up she was abused no, and i'm like I, oh, I think okay. there is something i think there is something like i don't disagree <laughs> like i don't disagree i'm just selfish well i, I mean- am carrie with the bullshit bagels <laughs> 
I'm like, just I'm giving get to you dairy. work. I'm giving you dairy right now. It might not be good for the tum, but you know, it's also delicious. Listen, like I want Kim Cattrall to do whatever makes her happy. Like, right. like I, if this makes her happy, if getting her coins, cause I know that cause she was on the view and they, they asked her, they're like, Oh my God, like what happened? Like to get this cameo. And she's like, well, HBO called me like the head of max. <laughs> Fuck max, by the way. Yeah. No. And, I'm like, oh, like not even like MPK. Like he didn't even call. Like, no, he, he wasn't called. allowed. He wasn't allowed on set. She said, I'm going to be it's going to be me. Pat Fields coming back and my mm-hmm. glam and we're going to fucking shoot this shit. And nobody else is allowed to interact. Not not nobody. But Michael Patrick King was not she allowed was on specific. set, nor were, nor were members of the cast. Well, Kim Cattrall is a Darren Star girly like her Pat Fields mm. and I think Candace Bushnell are like very Darren Star leaning and SJP is more MPK Michael Patrick King vibe. Um, my co-host Chris actually ran into Michael Patrick King. They sat like right next to each other at like a Broadway musical. They ended up like walking out together and I'm like oh my god like did you plug the podcast? He goes Sam. It was horrifying. I go, what happened? Oh, no. He goes, we were standing underneath like this awning because it was raining. And he, we make eye contact. And Chris goes, I just look at him and I go, look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> I'm like, you quoted Paul Rudd during Hot Ones. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that's horrifying. Did Michael Patrick King have a response? I think he was just like, <laughs> like laughed. He was just like, Awkwardly. what the fuck do I say to this man? <laughs> like, who's like, look at us. Who would have thought? I'm like, oh, that's honestly, God. that's kind of iconic. It was so fucking hilarious. I have to say I did once go to a Broadway show and I pitched um, Meredith Vieira, who I sat next to during intermission. I pitched. Oh, my God. Mayor. I pitched, yeah. I pitched during a story. I said, you're from Rhode Island. I'm from Rhode Island. I got a story for you. I gave her my card. She followed up. It was iconic. Yeah, she was. And at, we went to see Death of a Salesman with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And oh, may he rest. May he rest. And it was one of them. And Andrew Garfield, actually, who was extraordinary. And we it was just a shattering production. I was hysterically sobbing at the end. She was weeping. And then we just kind of like hugged each other crying. We're like, see you later. And then followed up after the fact. She is a wow, queen. Wow, that's beautiful. So a pitch can so happen. Are you, so, so, okay. You're obviously Team Kim. I am Team Give Me Good TV and I don't know what I'm watching right now. I'm oh. Team, I if I am being completely honest, okay. safe space. Because as you okay. know, the world of podcasting, nothing but safety, emotional Nothing but safety. Especially yeah. for women. Everything gets taken the way that you mean it. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever gets mad. Do I want Kim to win in the end? If there is a competition between okay. Kim and like everybody else, if I'm being dead ass, like 100% honest, I'm Team Kim. Kay. Now, as a viewer, would I love a, a a world in which Kim could return to the show? 1,000%. Her legacy, Saman- it's, this isn't her responsibility, but like the last moment that we have of Sam, aside from this two-second cameo, cannot be the second movie. It's That's just like a stain no, I... in our country's history. It can't be that. It can't I, be that. like, block out the second movie. Like, uh, to me, that, like, didn't happen. That's not mm-hmm. the real Sex and City universe. Right. Like, I don't acknowledge that. Aiden, in that fucking market, I just, mm-hmm. I hate Aiden. And I'm, uh, 
so upset that he's coming back. Like when I saw those set photos of him smoking a cigarette, I was like, you motherfucker. Like I was enraged. Have you always disliked Aiden? Always. Why? He's the worst. He's the worst. The worst ever. Aiden? Aiden. Aiden Aiden Shaw. Mm -hmm. Why? So, okay. I hate Aiden because (laughs) he always wanted Carrie to be someone that she just isn't. Like, he always wanted her to, like, be this other person. He never just, like, accepted her for who she is. And I really don't like that. I find him to be, honestly, financially and emotionally abusive. Um, Yeah, I don't fuck with him at all. And I think that he gets this rap of, like, oh, my God, Aiden is the best guy. Big is a fucking loser. It's like, okay, like, that's a weird take. Like, I understand that people don't like big. Of course I understand. But to like Aiden, for Aiden to be number one? No. That's crazy. It's crazy. And big? Which we're talking about the character, big. not yeah, yeah, the yeah. actor. Not, we're not talking in about the world of the characters. We're not talking about Mr. Noth. Right. Correct. Um, Big, I mean, big is big. He's got that twinkle in his eye. Yeah. He's got money to boot. Deep pockets. Um, he makes Carrie laugh. Like, they laugh together. Carrie just wasn't in a good place when they first met and when they first were dating, in my opinion, like she was a mess. Like she was so like anxiously attached. Like she was dizzy as fuck, like never thought she was good enough for him. And like, she had to go through a lot to like finally get to a place where she was like strong enough to be with him. And if that's her journey, then that's her journey. But Aiden sucks. And that's Shaq. He built Wow, feeding Um. squirrels. Like I hate him. I literally do. Like, if, if guys. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. So many takes. So yeah, many like, takes. we, like, just listening to him be like, going to the country with me. I hate him. Do you not remember him saying that to her? He's disgusting. He's like, hey, Pop-Tart, what you been? What you been doing? Where you been? It's like, leave her alone. Go outside. Like, why is all your shit in her house? Ugh, and that dog, that in. rat. <laughs> that rat. Dog was Pete, so great. God, no, get Pete out of here, stinky rat dog. I hate Aiden. Like, I'm not kidding. I really hate him. Hate. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. honestly like no one is gonna like this. People are gonna face. turn this off. I great. Yeah, honestly, great for me. Great for downloads. Um, sit with it. You know. I- I'm just so fascinated. So you I never know. found yourself not once. Feeling like he was bringing stability or or a different kind stability. of love. Yeah. Sitting in those dirty, whitey, tighties, rubbing his belly, eating chicken oh out of the bucket. <laughs> I was disgusted. I truly just had a conversation with someone earlier today where I was talking about how attractive I thought he was in that moment. Okay. In that moment specifically? <laughs> I mean, I don't. Sarah. I haven't seen it in a minute, but just like the Sarah. idea of like... <laughs> A man getting your sheets all greasy, and he's like, "No, listen, just rub my, my belly. sheets are my sheets oh. are cheap. What are you gonna do?" When he's it's, just like, "Rub my belly," I'm like, "Oh my god!" Not rubbing the belly, not the okay. idea that he was treating her in a way that a person could like treat their mo- not like the mothering right, right, right. of it. That I'm not into. Okay, but the idea of him being like kind of like a man's man. He's like working with Rugged. wood. He's making things 
you know, beautiful and and he's yeah. working on her how on her apartment and on bringing her the kind of space that he feels like she deserves. And then he just wants to kick back and have some fried chicken and just like sit in his underwear. I get it. I, I'm sure I would be somewhat repulsed, Sorry. but like I there's just something about it that I'm like. But also I have a weird stuff with Schwartz. So it's so it's it's okay. well, now. OK, <laughs> listen up. So the thing with Aiden is like. I get it. Like, I get why people are into him. But the only time for me that he, like, really did something for me was when, like, they caught eyes for the first time after they broke up and they were, like, Mm -hmm. in Scout. And, like, the camera, like, pans to him and he cut his hair and he's in that black jacket Mm -hmm. and he's giving Mm -hmm. big energy. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I just want to bite him. That's the only time I ever felt anything for Aiden Shaw, you know? Other than that, I really cannot stand him. Wow. So I'm sorry. This must be such a journey for you in the reboot. Yeah, I'm dreading it, Sarah. Like really? I when I saw his mug in those set photos, I was like, this is a joke. Carrie must have a brain tumor and she's hallucinating. Wow, we're giving some grace. Okay. I was like, there's just no Cut way we're doing this again. But then I thought about it, I'm like, Aiden fucking would. Aiden is a little bitch and like the only way that he would ever feel confident enough to be with Carrie again is because Big is fucking dead and haunting her closet. If you I'm saying things people don't want to like want to hear. They certainly don't. They certainly don't. Listen do I think he looks good? Sure. I like I get why people are attracted to him. Now as Samantha Jones said like he was a lot wearing a lot of turquoise and he was always wearing like a leather strap necklace with like a big pendant on it. It was just, mm-hmm. he was so absolutely disgusting. His shirts, his, his, oh my God, his shirts. I just, I'm just not an Aiden girl. And I just think like, because people think big treated Carrie like shit when all mm-hmm. big really did was like just set boundaries, um, that she just completely disrespected over and over and over again. Um, I can't believe I'm like, you know, defending white men on this podcast, but it's, it is what it is. Steve's not far behind in my hatred. Hate him. Wow. It's interesting that we're recording this on Thursday because Wednesday is usually opposite day historically. Yeah. And yet historically, we are. I'm changing it up over here. Steve, Tell honestly, me. Steve enrages me on like another level. And also, I want to make this very clear that as I'm talking about all of the things that I hate about this show, this is my favorite show. This is truly like my heart. Okay, like I love it. But we do need to take a critical eye. Steve can't wipe his ass properly. Miranda had to clean his fucking undies and saw poop stains in them. He bounces basketballs all over her Ralph Lauren painted walls. He doesn't seem to work or have any sort of drive. Well, I mean, neither does she right now. So what does that you mean? What? I said neither does she right now. So what does that even mean? She doesn't, but she did for a long time and she had a goal. And now her goal is to just get fucked by Chai. And that's lovely. Good for her. Isn't it possible that Steve matured with time? I mean, it, it did appear he quite literally did that, that he grew up. Get a job. I mean, whatever he was doing, I honestly He was forget. still the, the worst. Like, I'll never forgive him for them breaking up. And he slept on her couch because he had nowhere to go. And then gave a woman, Jessica. Right. The ad executive with the Amstel light. I can't believe I know this, but that's what she said in her voicemail. 
uh, gave him g- gave Jessica the ad executive who ordered the Amstel light Miranda's home phone number while he was still living there and she had to like listen to the voicemail when she got home like it's just disrespectful you know anyway I'm sure he's a nice person you know he did I did like him more in angels like that like he grew on me I felt sad for him and I was really upset what they did to David Eigenberg like with the hearing Wait, what happened with the hearing? I don't even remember. He this. was What's like, up? he constantly couldn't hear, like oh, his hearing right, aid. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it was just upsetting to see him like that because I will say, Steve had one of the best butts I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god, that tight little butt. Well, when we're talking about, was this upsetting? No, no, no. Was it's this what just... you were expecting when <laughs> I came Definitely not. On? Certainly not. Which is, I'm which so is... sorry. I feel like I've really no. upset you. <laughs> Honestly, fascinating. So we're talking about apparently asses, but moving on from Steve to maybe some of the other characters, spiritual ass, shall we say. How do you feel that and just like that has treated the legacy of the show, if not the legacy of the individual characters? Um, that's interesting that you ask that. So I've been seeing a lot online of people complaining about what they've done to their beloved Miranda. People are like, I can't believe Miranda is doing this. Who is this person? Why isn't the she the Miranda we know and love? And it's like, Miranda is at the end of the day Rambo, and she is dickmatized by Che, and we've all been there. And these characters, I think we need to allow and give them space to like be different than we mm-hmm. saw them 20 years ago. Like I think that it's okay that Miranda doesn't want to be a corporate lawyer anymore and wants to go to LA and Malibu and dig up seaweed and like lose her phone. Like it's chaotic, but I think in this episode what we got from Miranda, which was something I loved so much, I was like so emotional honestly watching it is she does stand up to Che at the end. She's like, "No, this is my child. This is my family. I'm going." You know, and so in that moment, it's like Miranda's still there, but we also need to like allow Miranda to figure out who she is a little bit. Um, Now, is this show the craziest thing I've ever seen? Yes. When I talk about and just like that and I'm like someone peed in a Snapple bottle, you know, Harry wore a big sun hat in the middle of this like apartment and like couldn't figure out what was beeping. Like, I don't really understand sometimes what they're doing. But I'm enjoying it. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is 
Looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side? Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options. And it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has hormone harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of hormone harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. 
I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. Did you enjoy the first season? I did. And it's weird. Like, I remember I would watch it at like 5 a.m. because it would like come out on Friday, I think Fridays. Um, I would watch it like super early, get on the pod, you know, and Chris and I would just go ham. Wow. Like, we would just go crazy. And then I would like rewatch it and I'd be like, oh, I actually feel a little different now. Not that I would like to sit with it. Like, if you go back and rewatch it, 
and you kind of know what you're getting into like true it's actually really beautiful like it's a and I also just feel very protective of these characters and the women specifically because it's like we don't really get to see women of a certain age like figuring out who they are I think it's okay that women like figure out their sexuality it can change it can flow it can be fluid I think it's nice to see women of of this age be like sensual and fashionable and beautiful and like crazy do crazy shit like it's nice and I think like we have to kind of give space for that and also celebrate that or else like these stories like will never be told and we'll be stuck watching 20 year olds forever you know do you think that there's been a difference in the likability factor from sex in the city to and just like that there's the romantization of sex in the city so what I've learned from doing this podcast where we recap every episode of sex in the city in chronological order incredible is this show has always been crazy it's always been a little cringe it's always been a little cotton candy it's it's always been this way but people have such like a romantization of this whole show like they it's very different when you watch it and you're sitting down and you're critically watching it episode by episode you know and you're like oh this show's always been nuts does that make sense it does like there was an episode like where they talked about like men in the ass and something that's like something's going on with men in the ass and like you know carrie breaks up with a man essentially because he has adhd and he plays jazz music Charlotte you know falls in the street and suddenly is married two episodes later like this show has always been crazy but we've just it's so nostalgic for us that I just think we've like wanted to keep it this like little thing and I also like that they changed the name because I think if they came back with sex in the city people would be even more upset 100 percent. I think a little bit of a separation a little bit of a wink was actually church and state is yeah is good (laughs) 100 percent Um, I just find myself thinking a little bit of the original series, which shaped so much of my, I don't even know, like interest in television and maybe also New York and certainly also New York and and so much else. And I just think the writing was a lot stronger on, there was a, a level of pathos, I think, to the show and, Mm -hmm. um, snark and I don't even want to say cynicism in moments but also it felt like they didn't need to necessarily draw so sharply versus how they are now which isn't Mm -hmm. just on elements that have already been sort of litigated in the writer's sphere from the first season where it felt like a little bit of a checklist of here are the things that we want to make sure to include we we hit yeah right here are like the points that we want to hit in every way but it it, I just think a little bit more of the original series and I felt like it was less about maybe teaching or imparting lessons and more about finding meaning Mm -hmm. and that's what I loved about it and I feel like with the current iteration we're back to like here is the big chapter and here is like the story that we the the lesson we need you to learn which mm-hmm. isn't about political stuff it's like you know it sometimes it feels more that it's about like an obvious process versus the original series which was like dirtier in a way more muddled it wasn't it didn't always feel so clear at in the first season of and just like that a lot of people complained that like there was no sex they're like, what the fuck is going on? Like this show, like that was the show. And so there was like the 
um like the first episode the premiere of this season it's like oh all like fucking. we're getting in everybody's they're all fucking right. everyone's talking oh my god franklin moving on top of carrie i was like getting hit in the face with that necklace you know um but the thing is and like this is something i'm still processing and so like bear with me as i get like this thought out mm-hmm. so that i think sometimes people don't like when they can see themselves in the sh- in or their world in a show and like that is something that they find like when i don't like heather gay i'm like mm. it's cuz i'm her wow. you know um which is fine and i still like her you know i've i've grown to like her um but i didn't for a long time but that's a story for another time <laughs> so within just like that i kind of feel like people aren't liking what they're seeing because it's like the current world that we're in. That's interesting. And like, that's something that they're not comfortable with seeing. Like, this is the world like we've all created this like overly political, politically correct world. Like this world of like all of these different elements and you have to be constantly thinking of all of these different things at once. It's like, that's kind of what Dr. Nia Wallace was saying at the brunch scene in this week's episode where she was like, well, we should be talking about, you know, women's rights and like how our democracy is crumbling. <laughs> Earth is on fire. And then she gets a text from a hot guy and she's like, I really just want to talk about this. Like, <laughs> and that's OK. And I think yeah. like that was so important for us to see, because I do think like that's something we feel like every day. I'm like, should I be like even caring about this? I can't even go outside like and breathe. <laughs> like, should I care about this stupid thing? So I also think I I understand like why people feel the way that they do about the show. But I also think it's like, well, this is also a world like we've all created and now we have to watch it. And I think that that's uncomfortable to sit in. And I also think like the way people hate Che is actually very weird. I I do. Like I get why people don't like Che. Che is a raging narcissist. Weird. But like, you know, it's um, it's interesting because it's like, people wanted this representation of like a non-binary person for so long, but only if it looked the way that they wanted it to look. And it's like, no, this person can also be like unlikable and that's okay. And also be non-binary. Well, I don't think the issue is that people are struggling with whether or not to dislike Che. They, I've never, so Sarah Ramirez love their work on Grey's Anatomy. Brilliant actor. And so they've like detailed the death threats that they've received, the hate that they've received is like insurmountable. The amount of hate this person is receiving for being a character is crazy, especially because they also identify as non-binary in real life. So it's this weird, like, I don't think people are going to come out and be like, I don't like, you know, Che because they're non-binary, but it's kind of strange how this person's getting like so much hate when we've seen like way worse on this show. That's a good point. I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. Like, I, like I said, it's kind of thoughts. I'm still kind of Processing. muddling around. Like they're still kind of brewing in my mind, but it does kind of feel like, Oh, you guys are just not liking the world that we've all kind of created, especially online. Like I feel like, and just like that is almost just a representation of like life online, but played out on a show. 
do you think that Sex in the City would have gone over as well as we remember it no. did during the first generation had it existed now? I mean, no. that's that might be a part of it, too, is that unfortunately there might be, uh, while I agree that there is a certain level of hatred directed toward Che and directed toward Sada, which is like completely unacceptable, I wonder if, you know, people wouldn't also to a different extent be losing their shit when they saw a moment or a character that they didn't like I think now I it's hard because like with social media it's just changed everything in regards right. to like how we watch tv and how we talk about tv whereas like with sex and city before I think people were in shock of some of the things that they were mm. saying but they also felt a little bit like oh, that's what me and my girlfriends actually talk about. So it's kind of cool to see it play out on TV and they go to the water cooler at work and they talk about what they watched on Sunday. I mean, like with my dad and my aunt, like, you know, like talking about it. Um, and then they like move on. Whereas like on the internet, it's like constant barrage of like people's opinions and most of them being negative. And I think that that kind of also puts a lot of pressure on the show to try to be perfect. And they're trying their best, I think. And I really do think like, this episode that came out today, chapter three, was like very much a return to form as much as it could be. In the ways that... In a way of like, it was like, I was invested in all the stories, but, and I'm like excited to see what happens, but I also laughed a lot. Oh, great. Um, you know, like the I love Charlotte and LTW together. I think Charlotte's like found a really good friend in her who like yes. understands her, who sees the world the same way she does. Like they live in the same kind of universe and they like get each other. Mm -hmm. Um, it was also nice to see like Miranda, you know, talking and standing up to Che at, you know, kind of at the end over Brady. It was nice to see Brady give a performance. So beautiful. I cried. Did you? I cried, Sarah. I was emotional. Wow. It felt like, because I've done that, like where I've been so heartbroken and I've just collapsed in my mom's arms and just like, like he, he was like giving yeah. a performance. Yeah, he was. He was giving a performance. I mean. I feel like you hate all my takes. No, I don't at all. <laughs> and I'm I find stressed. This, no, no, you should. First off, I'm so sorry if you feel stressed. I This is just honestly so fascinating to me. Okay. I think I'm still stuck a little bit in the place of like Steve sucks. That was that was that was to me more shocking than Aiden sucks because I just yeah. think Steve is a mensch. But Aiden, you know. He's not for me. He's for someone. Right. Um, which is great. That's what a the show's wood, all about. Like a I'm table. a big I'm a big Smith Jared person. <laughs> like when he cuts his hair and he's oh like God. he's like, let me do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> Well, let's go but also like I'm a big Harry girl you know mm, I mean Harry you can't do Harry, better than Harry I Goldenblatt. You really get upset when he sits on the furniture butt ass naked like in Charlotte's like beautiful pristine home and I'm like mm -hmm. get your fucking ass up but you know he does you know so uh, what's fascinating to me and what I really like is LTW is kind of to me what Charlotte's life would have been like if she stayed married to Trey because with uh with um ltw's like mother-in-law it's very bunny and you know like she still works and she has the kids and she's like doing the thing and to me that's like very it's like her mother-in-law is like very bunny to me so that's it's so and like her husband's like yeah 
So it's something that I, I really like. And with um, this universe, I love that they always kind of call back to like little moments from the original show like that. Such, it's, such as? Well, there was, you know, there's that. Um, I'm trying to think. There was like a few things last season that happened where I was like, oh, that like that was said in the original show or like um I mean the wedding I can't dress think of them right now. One. The, wedding, the wedding well yes yeah. huge uh, I mean. how could I forget the bird on the head you know um yeah I just I loved it I love the show I like really I really enjoy it and I and I understand why people don't love it but I know what I kind of know why people hate watch it because it is crazy like it is a crazy show, but I don't think the season is as crazy as the verse. Like I'll never forget watching episode one and two big dies, lights go down. And then it's immediately into Louisa and Brady fucking. And she goes, right. I'm like a cowboy. And I was like, Oh my God. Like we didn't even have a breath to like process Big's death. Right. Like I had tears lot. streaming down my face and then there was like a fish tank and it was like Brady and Louisa. And I was like, this is hell. This is hell. <laughs> But I really enjoy like this Miranda storyline. I know people don't love it. Like I'm into it. Um, I'm excited to see like her dynamic with Steve now that they're like back under the same roof. Yeah. Are we going to see Steve next week? I don't know when we're getting little Steve-o. I did see set photos of Carrie and Aiden on Coney Island. And Steve was there with Brady. So I don't oh, really know how okay. that works. But also the people saying they, they want eight, Carrie and Steve together. I'm like, are you guys like well? Carrie and Steve? There was like a moment last season where they were like doing something at that house, like fixing up whatever. And he was like getting the ring out of the sink. And people were like, wow, they had chemistry. I'm like, no, Sarah Jessica Parker just has chemistry with everybody. Right. I think She's, that's more what it is. Also, Sarah, they look stunning. As a collective. Everyone looks yeah. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Sarah Jessica Parker has never looked better. Her hair is styled perfectly. Also, someone that I've really come around on is Lisette. Really? The neighbor downstairs. Who I, just cameoed this week? Well, more than cameoed. Yeah, Carrie slept in her bed. Yeah, but I hated her last season. It's hard for to me, me to remember. Like, yeah, tell me, tell me. It was like she was trying too hard to be like little Carrie. Like they were trying to make mm-hmm. this like younger version of Carrie, like with the curly hair and she's living in this apartment and she's this cool girl. Um, so I didn't really love that, but she's growing on me. She had a very beautiful outfit on at the head, her um, jewelry party. So how has your audience responded to? <laughs> Fair question. No, but I'm so curious because. I've genuinely been in a little bit of a bubble. Last season, I vehemently hated. I lost my shit on a Patreon episode after the end of last season being like, "What? how did you ruin my show? This season, I definitely see a difference. I absolutely definitely. do. But I do still feel a little sort of befuddled at points. Not to say mm-hmm. that there aren't genuine moments that I think are meaningful, but I just am like, okay, like this is like, what's a moment that you've, that you felt that way about the season? I'm curious. What that I felt like like you were like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I just think that a lot of the action has felt so incredibly formulaic and maybe the original show always was, but like, it, it just feels like you're 
like jewelry is going to get stolen as other things are stolen. And then Carrie's just going to show up with chocolates and everything's okay. Like it doesn't, I, I feel like they have come up with a plot, but they're, that's it. It's like, I'm seeing story structure over and you and don't want to see that. Again. Yeah. 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 And I just don't, it's either, it has to be a, if we're going to just do story structure where it's like this happens and this happens and this happens and then the episode is done. I need to see good story because right mm-hmm. now I just see boilerplate, but it's not creatively offensive versus the first season where I was like, you, this is Miranda was getting me. fingered in a kitchen. <laughs> that was like some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen. I was literally not okay. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was 5 a.m. and I was watching it. My eyes were bugging out of my head and I'm just like, and then Carrie was pissing herself in that bottle. I'm like, what is going? But then Miranda delivered a monologue that moved me to my core. Oh, I don't remember a monologue. It was like when when Sarah Jessica Parker, excuse me, Carrie was like, what are you doing? And she was like, I'm just like, and she's like, no, like, what are you doing like with your life right now? And Miranda was like, I don't know. And then she just got into this spiel of like how she's so unhappy and like she hasn't been happy. And it was like really beautiful. You know, Cynthia Nixon, beautiful actress, beautiful actress, actress, but possibly terrible director possibly you know I didn't love her in Gilded Age I couldn't get it I talked about this with Dylan Hafer multiple times I tried I tried honestly probably once and I couldn't do it because it it was was horrible extremely not for me he loves it but he says you have to like stay in it and I just can't I don't have the I shouldn't have have to do that (laughs) valid point like I I shouldn't have to be like give it eight episodes it's like well the season's fucking over by then like no um, I totally hear you. Like, I see what you're saying. It feels like Cynthia was like, I need more creative control. And that is where not all of the problems, but some of the problems began. And it reminds me a little bit of a quote I'm absolutely going to butcher that you will likely remember better than I will. But Pat Field gave an interview to somebody talking about her decision not to return or or her experiences. Watching the current um, costume designers do their work and understanding Mm -hmm. the challenge of actually on the job doing that job because of relationships with the cast. And she said something along the lines of like, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker always thinks she's right. And she is when it comes to fashion and style. And Cynthia Nixon always thinks she's right. And she's not. And like that's Miranda. Well, but that's also <laughs> Cynthia. I mean, right. I don't I don't know. I think Cynthia is likely much more demanding and less interested in like maybe understanding the other person. I think she knows her character as well. Mm-hmm. She should maybe better than most, if not everyone, but she doesn't yeah. necessarily speak fashion. And I wonder if some of the other creative decisions came from a place because of her role now directing and everything else from her knowing exactly what she felt the show needed versus maybe where the show could or should have gone or maybe yeah. where her character. I mean, I think some of that could have been Cynthia's involvement as well. Like yeah. in, in wanting to see a different kind of story told, which... I mean, like the story needs to be well written, you know? Yeah. People are people take a lot of they're not happy with the writing. And occasionally I'm not, you know, (laughs) I'm like, I don't love this. Like, I don't think this is like brilliant um, story like writing. But I just I've really just been enjoying. I got to tell you, I've just been like enjoying myself. Like I've been smiling. I've been laughing. 
I've been loving to look at everybody. I love seeing LTW and Dr. Naya Wallace together. Um, that's been really special because um, I also just think Dr. Naya Wallace, a.k.a. Karen Pittman, is like literally the most beautiful woman on the planet. Um, and to like, thank God she got rid of Andre Rashad. Oh, my God. And all his beanies, <laughs> all his hats. Um, yeah, I'm loving it. I totally get why people don't, though. And you were you were wondering about the my audience's response. My audience's response, it's been pretty like 90, 10, like 90 percent of the people love it. Oh, 10 percent wow. of the people are like, what the fuck is this? But can't stop watching it. That's so interesting. So 90% yeah. are like, we're I would say nine. And was it 90 the first season or are we talking? No, 90? no. the first season was <laughs> no. more like the first okay. season was just like, what is going on? And we all <laughs> felt that way. We were like, yes, every episode. I was like, what is happening right now? Like mm-hmm. it, it felt like so choppy and it felt like they were doing too much like too many big stories and not following through. Like I'll never forgive them for what they did with him being an alcoholic. Like they just stopped talking about it after episode five. I was like, okay, um, great. No. So it was like moments like that where I was like, what are we doing? And like Chris Lewis, my co-host who I've referenced several times in this podcast, but I have to say his last name every time (laughs) is he wholeheartedly loves Che like loves Che okay no this is the funniest fucking thing ever he loves Che and I like this was last season and like I would see him comment on like people's Instagram posts that had Che in it like Evan Ross Katz would like post something of Che and Chris would be like love Che heart 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 like like quoting like so earnestly and I was like that's really weird like what's going on with him he then calls me he goes Sam wait a minute do people not like Che and I go Chris people hate Che (laughs) He's like, Sam, I've been commenting on everybody's posts, like thinking like he thought Evan Ross Katz like loved Che. And I was like, no, they hate Che. But Che is canon now. Like comedy concert, craving me some Che, like doing weed. Like it's hilarious. Yeah. Like I got to I got to go down after my podcast. It's like, what's going on? Um. Yeah. So that was really funny because I like kept seeing his comments and I was like. Hmm. I don't think he's reading the room and he wasn't or maybe he was like putting his you know kind of stake and in the he ground still stands by he still he knows Che is a mess but enjoys Che this is his far and away I mean he's looking for his home he's yeah. just trying to find that little plot of land I mean he's Nicole Kidmaning and Tom cruising his way to you know his future a little bit wow that's a deep cut Thank you. I mean, pop culture. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, <laughs> hi. Um, yeah, I agree on the L- what you said about the LTW um, Charlotte of it all, because the most recent episode, I was very charmed by their interactions with each other. And I thought the the comedy delivery was like very solid where I was like, oh, I like that. <laughs> I, like the, I like the energy and the vibe. Yeah. yeah, it was like in those moments like where they were at the parent teacher conference and they were yes. like they stood up together and like they were like giggling <laughs> together. Like I was like, God damn it. Like this show is so amazing. Like I literally come on the podcast every Thursday to talk about and just like that. And like I'm smiling ear to ear. Like look at me now. I'm still smiling. You are. I literally glow. love I'm beaming. 
You are beaming. And honestly, isn't that what everyone should want? Like the goal shouldn't or listen, there are things, you know, that are genuine hate watches. But I think the thing that people have hated is the fact that they haven't necessarily um, not everyone. But I think a lot of people have had strong feelings because they were looking for the glow and they weren't seeing it. And so the fact that you're watching it and you're loving it, I mean, that is fantastic. That's my like mom. Wonderful. Has so many thoughts. Well, so what does your mom think? Well, I got a text today and she goes, are we going to have to see stinky Aiden? I was like, okay, I guess it runs in the family. Um, we <laughs> all hate Aiden in this side oh of town. Oh um, but she's just like, like she wasn't, she felt the first two episodes. There was too much going on. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's now so many characters and you're yeah. just like, what the fuck am I? getting my eyes on this one felt a little bit more slowed down because now the girls are kind of their stories are kind of paired together which has been fun Mm -hmm. so I don't know I'm loving it I mean I am into Seema I'm into Seema love Seema love Love Seema and Anthony together yes agree at Le Cuckoo I was like yeah go to Le Cuckoo for lunch like what a little something I really hated was what they did last season with uh Stanford just felt disrespectful are you really oh I thought that was the I thought that was the most respectful thing that they could have done to Tokyo for TikTok star versus killing the character right after big and when the actor had died in real life not died I don't need him to die but it just felt like what no not TikTok that you're saying send him to send him to to like England or something like send him (laughs) to like but don't you think that was very Stanford that he would be like in the world of TikTok, like with influencers? That actually feels like Stanford to me. It feel, you know, now that you say that, like, yes, I just was like, I think I was just so sad about his passing. You know, we were thrown a lot. We were a lot was thrown at us last year. Big stuff. And then the Chris Noth of it all. The Peloton. The Peloton Wars, um, Stanford, you know, we were getting used to Che, we were getting used to Miranda, we were getting used to Steve not being able to hear. It was a lot. It was sort of our Sex in the City 2016. There was just a lot of divisiveness. There was a lot going on. Our worlds were rocked. Our worlds were rocked, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I waterboarded you this episode (laughs) just with thoughts. I'm so sorry. You did it all. This was honestly so deeply entertaining for me. I really, no, it was so delightful and the thing that I want I'm really I can't I'm still genuinely I get Aiden people think Aiden's okay. a piece of shit I I really need to take a second about the Steve of it all oh, and Steve. I do have to shout out David Eigenberg who I wrote a letter to in college when he was on he was in a Broadway show called Take Me Out the original production and I wrote him a letter, I guess is what I did. I don't know that I sent an email. That wouldn't have made sense. I think I wrote a letter and left it at the stage door and said, I'd like to interview you. And he, for my college newspaper, because I had created a position for myself so that I could get free theater tickets. Iconic. And then uh, he said yes. And I interviewed him. And he, to- you know, we were talking about a lot. And at the end of the interview, an audio recorded it uh, to, you know, write out for the paper. And at the end of the interview, he's like, he said something along the lines of like, thank you for not mentioning my personal life, because a lot of people had mentioned his relationship with his wife, who I think was a, who is a veteran, or there was some sort of like dynamic that people were um, 
touching on just when it came to his personal life and he was like, thanks for not going. So through. And kind. I was a college student. I was like, oh my God, no problem. And during the interview, he talked about the fact that there was a lot of nudity in the play, which if you guys, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's, it involves baseball players who are showering on stage. So it's essentially the full cast is naked multiple times through the course of the show. And I remember he's like, do you want to come to like the next performance, which I'd already seen? And I said, sure. And I remember we, we like walked up and I was, I don't even remember what year of college. And we walked up to the um, box office and she's like, okay, I have two options. One is like front row. The next one is, you know, like sixth row orchestra. And he was like, sixth row, <laughs> like not the front row. After You're like, we don't just do that to her. Being, don't after we just talked about being naked. And I remember he said, you know, oh, I'll tell J- Daniel Sunjata, who was the lead you know, that this was a great experience if, you know, you want to interview him or whatever. And I was like, thank you so much. And then I went home and realized that the tape hadn't recorded. And (laughs) if I'm remember, this was so long ago, which is wild because I'm still in my mid twenties. But if I'm remembering correctly, I think he let me re-interview him (sighs) in whatever form. If I'm remembering correctly. Yes. And then years later, I messaged him on Instagram or Facebook rest in peace when I was producing a show on and off Broadway and I said I just want to let you know that like in a full circle moment XYZ is happening and I just want to thank you for how kind you were to me when I was a college student he said that's you know so great to hear whatever but he is just such a mensch and not He's to say dream. you can't not to say you can't disconnect the character from the actor obviously right. you have ev- that's the goal no um, like David Eigenberg I'm sure is a doll such a, yeah such you a, know I got an ass for days so As you know, lovely. you probably so you saw it. I've saw it, seen a lot, multiple times. It's tight. But, and but right. just the Steve of it all. I but just, the Steve of it all. Um, and of their love together. I just, they've been through, I mean, the bridge. Together. The bridge. You cannot tell me you don't think the bridge is not I will meaningful. say last season when Steve gave that like beautiful kind of speech to Miranda and he was like, this is what you do you don't want me then you decide that you want me and I'm here and then you don't want me again he's like you just keep doing this to me right and that was like heartbreaking heartbreaking because it's like she does do that to him she does she like can't and I love that in this past episode she was like I'm really bad at commitment and it's like you are I'm glad we're talking about that and I also really love that Miranda was like this is a fake life out here like she's acknowledging she's like this is like I know I have to come back to New York at a certain point this is not my real life like but I'm enjoying it right now and I'm getting this robot tattoo but she didn't end up getting the robot thank god um listen this has been so wonderful so so delightful do not apologize can you tell the AGs where they can follow you on social and listen to your pods you guys (laughs) yes so you can follow me at Bravo Historian on Instagram. That's like my main, you know, it's like my love of my life, you know. Um, and then I do for Betches, I work uh, for Betches and I do Betches Brides. And I also do The Bachelor, which is like mainly reality TV, but not Bravo. It's like love. literally everything else. Um, I'm very big into claim to fame right now. So it's delightful. Um and then what else? Oh, yeah. You can listen to my shortcomings podcast, which is Sex in the City. You can listen to my Hot Off the Mess, which is like reality TV entertainment. And then you can listen to me talk about Royals with Lex Nico, um, who's amazing and fabulous um, over at Crown Jewels. 
which audience do you think is more toxic? Uh, the royalty world or the world of other forms of TV, including Sex and the City? Royals. Really? Okay. Royals are the most toxic. Um, there's no nuance in Royals conversation. Like if you say one thing about Meghan Markle, suddenly you hate her and you want her like it's crazy or you love it's her so and you're cra- like it's one or the other there's no gray yeah, yeah. like it, yeah like you either love Kate or you love Megan or you like it it's so exhausting God, I, can't I swear it. it's like that feels like you know the Real Housewives of New Jersey with a couple crowns I mean <gasps> so much oh so much I do like uh, never mind we've been here a long time <laughs> I was gonna start talking to you about like housewives. Like, you need to come on Angie's Girls. That's the entry. I would love to have you. You know, you're welcome anytime. I feel like we have a lot to discuss, and I feel I would be very um, curious for your thoughts on Orange County, which I, I <gasps> could I could only imagine your thoughts on Tamra and Heather and Shan. So you need to come back. Oh my god! Open invitation. The girls. Oh, we need to discuss it. Open invite. Sam Bush, thanks so much for coming on the taking me. it personally, little people's people's couch. This was a joy and your energy was exactly what I needed tonight. So I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like having like an out of body No, it was honestly, talking. it was a work. It was a tour de force. It was a work of art. So um, in all the ways that maybe and just like that is or is not this was certainly a delight. So thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.